The Carmichael Dave Show. He's on the microphone when he's not on the microphone. He's playing a song, and when he's not playing a song, he's on the microphone, and then boom! With Jason Ross. No! He didn't! Yes! He did! Call or text at 916-339-1140. It's the Carmichael Dave Show with Jason Ross on Sacktown Sports. Well, our good friend T.C. Martin, very active in the local sports scene, former uh, host. That's right. Saturday nights? Uh, or Saturdays, Saturdays, at least, for sure. Weekends, yeah. That's when I got my start he was on. Uh, and uh, he is the... Uh, so we say the brains and the brawn behind the Sacramento Sports Hall of Fame, which is a fantastic thing. And uh, a lot of folks we know and you know are our members. And uh, it's that time again. That's right. More going in. So this week we're going to be visiting with a few of them that have made the uh, 916 in the greater Sacramento area uh, proud. And, and I got to wonder, Jason, this this one's a little different is what we we're about to welcome in our friend Nick, because up until this week, I got to think. Christmases, whatever, in the Nick Johnson household, and the, the greater family. Maybe there's been a little bit of trash talking because Uncle Larry. Yes, already there. Went in the Hall of Fame in 2016. Yeah. That's been a good eight years. <laughs> and now that can stop because new inductee Nick Johnson joins us right now. <laughs> Nick, it's Dave. It's Jason. Good morning. Good morning, guys. How you doing? Great. Good. So is the trash talking going to stop now that you got two Hall of Famers in the same family? Uh, not, not, not with Larry. He's, uh, he's tough on me. Uh, he's got 2,200 hits, but, uh, he'll, uh, he'll take it easy on me now. (laughs) (laughs) Nick, I'm thinking what it was just when you first heard that you're going to be going into the Sacramento sports hall of fame, I'm sure it flashes back to being born here, going to McClatchy, um, you know, obviously having a major league career, but just kind of that, that honor, uh, what what did it mean to you to find out that you're going into the Sacramento Sports Hall of Fame? Uh, I was, I was uh, blessed, honored. Uh, all the talent that uh, comes out of here, and there's so many great uh, athletes that come out of Sacramento, and just to be, you know, just to be one of them chosen is, uh, is special, and I have fun with it. You know, it, it's it's funny because when you think about Hall of Famers, you know, like. 70-year-old dude sitting on the couch. Uh, you know, you're a little bit younger than me, Nick. You've been uh, you've been retired for a minute, uh, but you're still uh, quite the young man. So just give us an insight, and, you know, I don't want to get too personal or anything, but what's life for Nick Johnson like these days? Chasing kids. A lot of, I got three kids, so chasing them around. Um, a lot of golf. I'm working on my golf mm-hmm. game. So you know how tough that game is. I heard you talk about that. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, just trying to see how good I could get. Yeah. You say it's tough and I have not played with you, Nick, but Dave, I don't you get the feeling like if we showed up and Nick Ugh, would just like pipe it like three fifty down the, I mean, do you just hit bombs? You do. Come on. <laughs> Be honest. Uh, I'm a sick. Oh, oh. Okay. <laughs> how tough the game can be. <laughs> I got, I got still things to work on with the guys that I play with. Well, I'm going to ask the question. Everybody wants to know though. All right. You, you pull out the big boy. Uh, you're on the first tee. Uh, what are we averaging around off the tee, Nick? Now, hold on. Before you answer, Jason, let's let's play a guessing game. I'm going to say averaging 290. Okay, I'll go three. Three? Yeah. Nick? 
Dave, you got it. About 290. Oh, oh yeah. But we're in the neighborhood. Well, the thing is, here, let me pull back the curtain for a second because Nick just made a reference there. So the thing is, Nick and I have been Facebook friends for a long time. Mm-hmm. And so occasionally I'll get really done with golf and I'll post some sort of oh, like. Oh, that's like every two years. <laughs> right? yeah. I'll just go on this whole soliloquy. Yeah, I hate like, the game. Does anyone want to buy the clubs right. and all that? And, and Nick, uh, I would imagine I've never been a professional athlete before. You have. Do you do you find that having played in those high pressure, crazy in front of fifty thousand people at Yankee Stadium type situations, like do you still get into the mental competitiveness of golf, and does your baseball career help you at times with that? I'd like to say yes, but golf way different. You know, I, I I'd rather be on a, a ball field than have a three foot putt to win the match. Uh, the nerves in golf are, are so much different but in golf you gotta go you know you gotta go chase your foul balls too <laughs> <laughs> so you really would rather be in the batter's box staring at randy johnson Oof. than lining up for a three-foot putt absolutely oh my wow God. just a different breed <laughs> uh nick johnson joining us you know and, and one of the things i hope nick doesn't kill me here but i i want to i want to share this story i'll share the the surface of the story um again nick love you don't kill me here but i will i remember years and years ago it god it had to be 10 or 12 years ago and there was a there was a listener to the station that was having i'll just say was having some really bad personal issues okay. and needed to needed to go visit some family and i had put word out on facebook um and i won't even get into the specifics of what he did let me just say this Nick contacted me privately, basically said, whatever he needs, I got it. We ex- we executed the play. Guy got to where he wanted to go. And oh, I, I, I said, Nick, I, you got to let me talk. He said, I don't, I don't, you know, and this is where I, I say, don't kill me, Nick, because I'm violating that. He said, you know, I don't, I don't want, don't, don't That's even mention cool. it. Just, and, and now here you are. And now here he is being <laughs> outed. But honestly, one of the things that, that, that's great about social media and being able to contact people is I guarantee you that's not the first time Nick's done something mm-hmm. like that. I guarantee you that's probably a fairly regular thing. And you, you mentioned chasing kids, Nick. I imagine in your second career, which is tougher than your first, which is raising children, uh, that, that your, your ethics and your morals and the way you carry yourself, which is part of the reason I think why you are a hall of famer. That's something I, I would imagine very important for you to pass on. Absolutely. Uh, anytime you can help somebody out or, you know, just be around. That's what I'm there for. Um, you know, I love helping kids and, uh, you know, just, um, got kids come over in the garage and just try to give them the basics where, hit off the tee and, and, and take something home where you can continue to work and let the parents come in and listen and take a couple of nuggets home and go have fun with the game. As we're talking with Nick Johnson, soon to be Sacramento sports hall of famer. So if we go back to your early days of growing up, playing sports, playing baseball, obviously you're becoming better and better. You get to high school at McClatchy. When did you know, Nick, that, Hey, I might be able to take this to the highest of levels and, and someday be a major leaguer. I would say playing varsity as a freshman, that uh, that gave me a lot of confidence, and confidence goes a long way. Uh, just play, you know, back then, playing against Derek Lee over at El Camino yeah. and, and all those guys and all the scouts being out there. But, you know, uh, being a freshman playing varsity, I started getting that itch and, and 
thinking, man, I'm, I'm decent at this game. And then uh, you just continue to work and, and things progress from there. How much pride also, you know, you're in the middle of your career. You're trying to do your own thing. But you mentioned Derek Lee over at El Camino, or as I like to say, Winston Churchill Jr. High. <laughs> uh, but you also had, you know, depending on your timing, you know, you had Jeff Jenkins at Cordova, Chris Bosio. Um, you had a, a lot of, uh, you know, Greg Vaughn, mm-hmm. uh, a lot of local talent of which half of which seemed to go to the Brewers for some reason, but all this local talent that was coming out of Sacramento in that period of time. And I wouldn't say you're carrying that legacy with you, but I got to imagine the nine one six was always in the back of your head. It was great. David Sacramento back. I wish it was still this way, but uh, the guys never big leagued us. You know, we would go work out with Vaughn and Binion and those guys that were in the big leagues, but we were in the minor leagues. And just to show us, you know, they're showing us what hard work is, getting up at, you know, 5.30, going to Rancho Arroyo back then. And and, and uh, just being able to rub elbows with those guys and work out with them was, was huge. Well, and I haven't – I have, I've played a lot of golf with, with Vaughn. I haven't played with Vina, but I'll bet you he's pretty decent. Do you get a chance to ever go out with any of these guys and see how they take their baseball swings down uh, down a few feet to the little white ball? Yeah, I play with uh, Greg quite a bit. Yeah, uh, that guy he he has uh, he's got phenomenal hands. <laughs> so did, he's uh, he's really special around the greens. Does he get you down to his spot in Elk Grove to slap it around, or do you guys generally go? Uh, nobody has home field advantage. <laughs> yeah, when he's in town, you know he's all you know he's he's a big traveler. So, yeah, yeah. So uh, yeah, Valley High is a nice track. Yeah, it is a nice track. What, what do you think? I'd be curious, Nick, about now that you've been out of baseball for a while, um, the current state of it. I mean, I, I think we've got as good a players in Major League Baseball as we've seen, but it's going through, you know, the popularity of what football's doing and basketball and, and still trying to figure out the best way to promote it, some rule changes and all this stuff. Just what do you think of the state of Major League Baseball right now? Otani, 700. It's got to be going pretty well. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> now, uh, the guys are good, really good. Uh, the talent is, is special. Uh, every night I got a game on in the house just watching it's unbelievable talent where you just sit back and, and uh, watch these guys go to work. And, you know, as a, as a player but also now as a fan and always a student of the game, when you look at the, the new rule changes, which were, you know, pretty well received, the – the limits on you know the, on on the pitcher and the, the the batter the timers all that stuff to quicken up the game. Are you one of those whatever helps the game grow guys? Or are you one of those uh, you know look traditions there for a reason? It's been around a long time. Leave it alone. Or, or you know I, I don't want to put words in your mouth. Where do you where no, do you fall? I'm a, I'm a, no, I'm more leave it alone guy. Yeah, uh, keep the bases how they were. Blow up the catcher if need be, <laughs> and. Uh, you know, flip somebody or, or drill somebody the right way if they need to be drilled. <laughs> so I'm I'm the uh, older older school way. Well, in in that way too, you were you know especially through the Yankees organization that was a, a team that liked to get on base walks. However, you could do it. Now it's it's not everything is you know a home run or nothing or launch angle, but it, it is a little different. The, what do you see as a former hitter like the the different approaches now uh, when guys are stepping in the box? It's all or nothing nowadays. Um, and I, I would still go back to, you know, and, you know, it's funny in the playoffs, the world series, you'll start seeing small ball yep. and, and that's what wins games. 
And uh, I just wish they would do that more throughout the year, not just in the World Series or the playoffs. You ask a guy to lay a butt down in the biggest stage, and he hasn't even done it all year. You know, it's. So, I'm sorry, Nick. I was going to say it's funny because you and I, again, we're pretty much the same age. And I just, I wonder if it's like a boomer thing because I'm. I'm 100% with you. I've kind of lost a lot of interest over the last few years, and I grew up a Roger Craig, Will Clark, Giants guy, and, you know, the double switch, uh, the, you know, manufacturing a run. Uh, you, you beat out an infield single, you know, steal second, bunt him to third, sack fly. I love that. It was a chess match, and 2-1, 3-1 games, I'm all over that. And now, it again, boomer here, but it sounds like it's like just sit back, Swing from your ass as hard as you can and wait for the three-run jack. Totally, totally. There's you take the uh, you know the co- the the uh, in-game management out of it. You know you're gonna double switch. You know the pitcher. You're gonna let the pitcher go another inning. Blah blah blah. I I, I like the uh, old school way of uh, of the uh, battle between managers. You know. Yeah, and I would say even pitching too. I, yeah. I, to me, it seems like Nick, we're seeing more guys that that hit 100 than we ever did before, at least that I recall. Are you seeing it that same way? Oh, yeah, that's, that's, that's fast. There's a number in my head and that, you know, it's, it's comfortable. But once you start getting triple digits, that, that's, that's got some hair on it now. <laughs> it's, coming in, it, it's, it's coming in there pretty quick. <laughs> Johnson joining us. You mentioned earlier kids coming over to the garage and uh, if they can take something away and show them how to put bat on ball and uh, all the, all the good stuff. Um, has, have you ever been, or are you, uh, of, cause dude, obviously just talking to you on the air and, and, and we know you off a little bit, your, your baseball IQ is through the roof. Have you ever considered, you know, being a manager someday, getting in there and uh, living that life again? Uh, that life's the grind, Dave. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, you gotta go back to the minor leagues and, and, and start getting on the buses again. Like you were 17, 18 years old and. I got three kids and a wife, and I'm watching them grow up now and yeah. being close to home. I was away too much, and now it's all about them and locking it in around Sacramento. So, Nick, when you're at your uh, Hall of Fame induction for the Sacramento Sports Hall of Fame, what what kind of memories and reflections are you going to be thinking of that night? Ah, everybody that helped me along the way to get there, the guys that were in the trenches you know, with me, 17 18 years old and and all the all the uh you know all the great teammates i had along the way and a lot of fun you know a lot of early mornings getting up and you know workouts hitting all that stuff it just you know it's special and 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 uh people some people don't know what it takes and you got to say no sometimes to a lot of things nick congratulations it's well deserved uh honest to god you you uh look uh, i jason you've been here forever i'm i'm a, a native we both ride or die for this city and you know this nick it's something a little extra for sacramentans when one of our own is out there doing anything especially in the sports world so we appreciate the fact that you always carried yourself with class uh and dignity and you continue to do that uh, after your career, and uh, maybe one of these days, you know, when we've had a good ratings book, maybe mm-hmm. Jason, when you've had a good call, something mm-hmm. like that, uh, maybe we can call you up, get out on the course, and have our egos completely destroyed one day. 
Sounds good, guys. Look forward to it. All right, brother. Congrats. Take care. Congrats, Nick. Thank you. Thank you. All right, take care. That's <laughs> Nick Johnson. He's a good dude. 300, 290. I'm a six. His, I'm a six. The struggle is real. The struggle is <laughs> good 100% for him. real. No, really, good for him. Honest to God. He's a, he's a good dude. He deserves it, and yep. uh, thanks to TC and everybody for putting that together. You said Leon Lee later this week? Yeah, I think tomorrow. How about that? Well, I'm already getting nervous. You're going to call him like Mr. Mr. And Lee. Sir. 100%. There will be no Leons out of my mouth, unless I'm talking about like Sphinx or something, yeah. Like, but not not with him. Okay. Mr. Lee or Sir, and he'll probably get on me about it too, yeah. but it doesn't matter. He's always going to be Mr. Lee, so we'll take a break. When we come back, Mr. Salisbury is going <laughs> to join us. Sean Salisbury, that is. Just a one-minute break right here on Sacktown Sports. Carmichael Dave Show with Jason Ross. Call or text at 916-339-1140. On Sacktown Sports. Let's get on with it. Well, it's Houston Texans. Uh, yeah. It was looking good at the half, though. Yeah. Uh, and I don't think, I can't imagine there's a single, look, if there's somebody in Sean's market of Houston in the greater Houston area that is, of course, you're going to be disappointed at the loss, but that isn't beaming and ecstatic over the job D'Amico Ryans and C.J. Stroud and the rest of that team did. I don't know what to tell you. Joining us right now, Sean Salisbury. Good morning, Sean. And uh, as somebody who works in that market, I got to think, disappointed in the loss, but you got to be over the moon of the season. No doubt in the future. And, you know, I love that D'Amico is proud of his team and all these guys, but I haven't heard one guy mentioned these phrases we were on house money which that phrase is awful no player should ever say that because you never know when you're getting back and that they didn't you know no moral victories the moral victory is a long term that could end up being more than just a moral victory is what you're looking for down the road and they've got a chance and what they saw in baltimore the thing that they need is to be able to and it's good you learn from teams that have been there and are better than you in certain things and that's dominating the line of scrimmage and running the football effectively where you can win by that in January, physical. And D'Amico has stated that they've got some things they want to do, but I don't, I didn't have anybody come on the show and rip all week long. The Texas, the shred disappointment what they did, even in that game, they teased you because they go into halftime tied. You're like, damn, are you serious? It had momentum. Right. And then all the same, you say, maybe we're going to get them too, but you know what? The, The better team won. And they've built something special. They've got great players, and they've got a great quarterback. And we have, at the beginning of a great quarterback, he and C.J., C.J. and Lamar may do it different, but both very the impactful part of carrying their team and making players around them better. So, yeah, nah, man, the disappointment, yes, but they're pumped. Josh Hader is now an Astro, so hmm. they get to jump right into that and say, woo, we're pretty good there, too, and have been. <laughs> so, I think that, put it this way, football is relevant in a big way again here in Houston, and it hasn't been like that for some time, and there's no chaos or drama. The only drama they may face, and that's the that's the, 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 bitter, the bitter part about being good, is you may lose Bobby Slowick to be a head coach, your coordinator, and then Gerard Johnson, who's the quarterback coach, has relationships with, you know, coaches around the league and, and is our quarterback coach here. Maybe somebody grabs him, so you'd be looking for a new coordinator and quarterback coach, but no disappointment here at all. A hell of a run, no no moral victories, but a great future. 
You know, I was thinking about Sean every year. Like the hardest part too of the NFL is kind of continuing uh, because people in your own division last year, Jacksonville kind of won the division. They were probably the team to pick, and then they don't make it. So, do you see elements of staying power here for the Texans to kind of get right back to where they were this year? I do, and you know the the thing is is that Trevor Lawrence's consistency at the position, right? Mm-hmm. We waited. He, he made a jump last year. We're thinking MVP, top five, six guy this year. And, and I actually thought he took a step back. I, I don't think he played as well as we expected him to play. And neither did the team. At one point, we thought they could win home field advantage in the AFC. And I use it all the time, my man, I, about sustained success. A lot of people have game success. A lot of people have uh, – a couple game success, maybe even a season, but the sustained success of, okay, we got there not to say, okay, Hey, listen, man, we, we win 10 games. We're going to be in it every year is if you want to be a January team, then, then don't get better. Don't challenge yourself. But uh, that's not the way this coach thinks. And I know it's not the way Doug Peterson thinks he's in. Listen, they go out next year. Uh, I mean, we <laughs> Steelers ain't bad. The Browns have got what Watson uh, look around the AFC, Lamar Jackson, Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes, Herbert, coaching champ. I mean, you got to run through a gauntlet in the AFC. So you could be really good, all four teams over 500 in the AFC North, not make the playoffs. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, uh, and, and Burrow's going to be back healthy. I mean, it's crazy. So the sustained success is important of keeping guys the core of your team, even though some guys have been good. If you're making an A, don't you want an A plus? I got to go out and upgrade. And there's certain positions they're going to need to upgrade. Maybe another playmaking wide receiver. If a guy like Chris Jones is available, you because they want defensive line help, that's a game record. So there are a few things that you watch other teams that they have, but you got a foundation. So sustained success, I think they can. The roster and the coach and the quarterback tell me you're starting at the top, and those two. And I think Nick Casario should be up for executive of the year with, with the way he did his thing. So at the top, it's good leadership buy-in from both the quarterback and the head coach from other guys on the roster so it's there and then now the question is consistency and you got to be a little lucky too guys from injury and the rest of it so i do believe they can sustain it because they got the right guys at the top that's sean salisbury with us sean not the best game for brock purdy not the best game for the niners but they squeaked it out we've talked about this before can you help me with why it seems like so much of the national media is just waiting and hoping that Brock Purdy fails? Are they trying to justify their own predictions? Is this a scouting embarrassment? You've been in national media at the highest levels. Can you put your finger on it? No, and and it's actually, this sounds like cheesy, like I'm in that Mean Girls movie. It grosses me out. Yeah, It does. Yeah, It does. I mean, listen, are there quarterbacks more gifted that can throw it farther that can run faster, yeah, bit bigger, six five. I mean, yet here, the perfect case in point. How many Super Bowls has Josh Allen been? And I think Josh Allen's special. I'm just talking about the guy. You know what it tells me first off of a national media that plenty of them don't watch tape, that it's all just opinion based without any validation on what you saw. That you're just throwing it out there and hoping people listen and you can battle about it on some dumbass hot take show. That you're not studying the quarterback position the way you should. I didn't ask for – this isn't the, the, the Olympic Games where I'm asking for your decathlon winner. I said best quarterback. I can go to Joe Montana. Joe Montana wasn't the big, the most physical. That's right. He didn't have the strongest arm. He had good players, but Joe made them – if they were great, he kept them there. 
I, I don't I, I, I've never understood it why. And you should be. This is a story we should all root for. Yep. Seventh round pick, last pick of the draft. Barely had to struggle to make the team. Shows me that he's better in in big games, and maybe he even is in in, in games that, that are maybe less important. Although the Baltimore game was important. My point is, talk about sustained success. Two years, NFC Championship game. He wins. He's almost seventy percent. Missed the game and threw for over four thousand yards. Um, has overcome some adversity. He's uh, he's second most in at least with about two weeks to go. He was second most the second the number of most yards uh, in the league at quarterback and 32nd in pass attempts, which tells me he's accurate for running after the catch and he's averaging like 9.8 yards of completion. I, I or per attempt. I don't I don't get it. I maybe because he doesn't look the part of a big physical guy. Josh Allen's turned the ball over 21 times this year. In a loss, we're telling everybody's praise how great he is, and I get it. If Diggs catches that ball, and I understand. I think we love the spectacular. We're praising Jordan Love, who's going to be a great player. for throwing. If Brock Purdy would have thrown the pick Love through, he, they, the people would want him out nationally. They'd say, so it's diarrhea of the mouth. I do study the position. I'm not that smart, but I do know this position, and I look at I don't know. What, what do you want? Do you want him to be 6'4", 220, and then do this? I mean, as the guy has no business as a seventh-round pick. Most guys don't make a team. I understand he's got great players. So you're telling T.J. Watt must suck then. <laughs> if T.J. Watt has to suck, why? Because he's got good players, too, and T.J. Watt, they didn't go to Super Bowl. So T.J. Watt, it must be that he's not any good. No, T.J. Watt's great. Okay. Oh, Miles Garrett's team lost to, to, to the Texans. Guess what that means? Miles Garrett's not any good because, well, he's a great player. But he's not any good because he's got other good players around him. I, I don't understand the concept of having good players. Isn't that the object, to go get good players on a team and then have a quarterback keep them there? I, I'll pound the table for Purdy. I don't know if he's going to win this weekend. I know this, though, as far as two seasons go, give me – this is quarterback, not athlete. There's some great ones out there. He's not going to win a superstars competition, but he's tough. He throws it on time and accurate. And if Kyle Shanahan likes him, the guys that talk about him on TV don't mean a hill of beans to me. It tells me it's lazy analysis. The object is to have good players and have a quarterback. Now, is he going to go and take Carolina to the playoffs in the Super Bowl? Probably not because he may not be the guy that elevates him. But we don't – why are we punishing a guy for being on a good team? I, I just don't get it. And I think it's lazy and I think it's a narrative that they have no matter what. If he goes and wins the Super Bowl, what are they going to say? It's only because McCaffrey or Debo Samuel or George Kittle. Nah, if that guy under center can't throw it accurately and doesn't lead, then you ain't going to a Super Bowl no matter how talented you are. I think the national media, in some sense, with the Brock Purdy stuff, is uh, stuff I can't say on radio that I could say on a podcast. I will rip their ass to shreds like I did on mine. It's simply lazy analysis and diarrhea of the mouth. You're not watching the position the way you should. Sean, on that, on evaluating the position, I feel like everything you said about Brock is spot on. His his superpowers read and react, uh, timing on target. Uh, but it appears when it's wet and when it's a rainy situation, it's he he loses some of that. What are the challenges for him um, when that's slightly off? Whether the the weather is is affecting some of that uh, greatness that he has? Well, I think I mean it, it affects receivers. It affects quarterbacks. If I had a dime for every quarterback it affected when it got when it got a little inclement that maybe had a little smaller hand, 
I mean, I, I never had a problem with it because I'm six five, big hands, and I could grip the ball. Yet I sure as hell didn't throw it as accurate to make the good decisions he had. Just using myself, I watched David Craig let small hands fumble a lot, but always when he was going good, there was nobody better. Those are things you can't control. Hopefully, you put a glove on or you're still accurate. But how many times a year are you? And I know January brings inclement weather, but can't we do that outside of maybe a Mahomes or an Allen or? Stroud. Stroud didn't play his best game. It was cold, and we know he can throw it. Crap happens. You're going to lay it on the ground once in a while. I'm not going to punish him because, well, again, two NFC championship games and one he didn't get to finish. So we'll judge it now. I mean, yeah. and let's see, this game, and then it'll be NFC championship game. Will it be at home? Maybe it'll be cold. So, I mean, we could find something to criticize everybody about, including Purdy. If the worst thing I'm going to say about Brock Purdy is that if it's raining hard, he doesn't grip the ball as well, but still didn't turn it over last week, then I'm okay with that. He's not the perfect, you know, poster child for perfection check mark down the list, but I win with him. He's accurate. And when they tell me he doesn't throw the ball down the field, you know who the second most accurate quarterback in deep ball throws is this year? Oh. Brock Purdy. Well, Purdy. Well. So I, I get that you want the specimen, but give me a guy who accurately and once in a while may struggle with a glove on or laid it down in bad weather. I know a lot of guys who did that. Weather, that, that's part of the reason people put a roof on, that they want their quarterback to play in good weather. It's going to happen. We'll see how he deals with it. I couldn't root harder for him, and even more now, because the guy deals with so much crap that if he'd have been the third pick of the draft, people wouldn't be able to stop, to stop praising and singing his praises and root for him. It's the oddest thing on the planet. It really is to me when it comes to football. As we say goodbye, because we're out of time, just uh, real quick. Are, are you? Let's be honest here. It's safe space. Are you, are you still six five? Because I'm. I'm. I used to be six four, and I'm six three now. I feel like I'm shrinking. Well, I went into the doctor's office for my uh, yearly checkup that I do yeah. every year. You know, when you hit, you know, yeah. when you hit when you hit thirty years old. Oh, like what, I am. was <laughs> it? What, hey, hey, was it that checkup? You know what I'm saying? Was it the so, one? Was oh, it prostate check? <laughs> yeah. Not, not, not yet. I had that done last year, and I asked the doctor, "Hey, could you?" Could you do that twice? Yeah. So, um, oh, really? Oh, no, 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 Doc. I don't think you got it right. Here, try that again. So, this was just the, you know, wait, you know, just do all the, the blood. I, once a year, just blood. Make sure that, yeah. you know, all your levels. And I'm healthier now than I was when I was 40, and that's the truth. But they they weigh, they measured you, too. I was 77 inches. Oh. And to my knowledge, that's still 6'5". Yes. So that's, Look at you. So there you close, go. That baby. Close, but I'm da- I'm, I am down 52 pounds. Look I'm at, training my ass off, so there you go. Look at that so, for you. The the healthy, younger yeah. Sean Salisbury. A, a, and nobody gives a fuzzy rat's ass either. But NFL me. comeback. <laughs> <laughs> well, I I uh, I'm biased here, but I certainly hope we're talking to you about a Niners versus somebody Super Bowl this time next Tuesday. Either way, we'll have fun with it. Thanks as always for uh, all of your insight, and uh, have a good week, my brother. Thanks, guys. Me too, and I can't wait. Look forward to it. Thank you. Thank you. That's Sean Salisbury. (laughs) When we come back, four down territory. Ooh, there's a question in here I love. Obviously, we're talking football. We're talking broadcasters. We're talking money. (laughs) Shout out, Jeff. (laughs) I don't know. We'll we'll do all that next. Bleed black and purple. It's the Carmichael Dave Show with Jason Ross. On your local sports leader, Sacktown Sports.
Welcome back. Thanks to Sean Salisbury. Thanks to Nick Johnson before him. 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 Styles and Watkins will join us in about in a little over an hour. Yeah. I say we do something different today. What's that? Celebrity birthdays. You want to do that today? Let's do that today. And okay. let's do it with them. I can come up with some. Today, I know we got to get to four down territory. But I completely forgot. And this is where I love Facebook. Today, Jason, is a very special day. A memory? Uh, it is a memory. Is it one for you specific or? It's uh, one for all of us. Society would know. It's just, well, you're going to know when I play it. Okay. Outside of this market, would people know? In, uh, no. Oh. Inside market this market. Specific. Yes, it is. Market. And what year? Uh, this was nine years ago today. I'll give you the setup. Guy Haberman in studio. Bobby Jackson next to him. Sideline reporter, insider, Bill Horenda talking about DeMarcus Cousins' all-star chances. Not ringing a bell? No. Well, one of my favorite clips of all time. Bill Horenda on uh, DeMarcus Cousins' chances to make the all-star team. Kenny, they all say he's on their all-star team. He's on mine as well. I think DeMarcus would be well, I think he'd be well prepared to be packed for New York City. All right, what's on the agenda today? What's on the agenda, Bill? Well, first of all, I'm going to get my voice together. <laughs> yeah, I'm about to say, get some cough drops. no, I would that I mean it rings a bell now, but yeah, I would not have remembered that. Oh my god, it's one of my favorite yeah, poor Bill. Yeah. There was and, and Bobby's just losing. Yeah, exactly. It. Bobby Jackson, in fact, April will be, I think, the thirteenth. Bobby's got two big anniversaries with me on Facebook. This one where Bobby's laugh just does it. And then the most immortal sentence I've ever seen on Facebook, Bobby Jackson about twelve years ago. Uh, out of toilet paper, goodbye, socks. Yes. <laughs> I remember that. Every single year. I, I don't think he likes it. I bring it up. But yeah. Sorry, Bob. There's, there's no He posted way. it. He he posted it. Yeah. Fair game. Four down territory right now, please. Ah, question one. Christopher Lodd. Quickly. Manual. Of the teams that lost this weekend, which one do you have the most faith in getting back to the second weekend of the playoffs? Um... You know, it's tough to go against the Packers, man. But I'm going to say the Bills. The Bills are good. The Bills are good. I don't know. They'll get past the second week of the playoffs. But the Bills just, I see no reason that they're not going to be a mainstay. I don't know if I have faith in any of them, but I'm going to say the Packers, actually, yeah. because of the NFC, I think, is a little bit more open. The AFC is just brutal. Sean just brought that up. Uh, and they're the youngest team. So, yeah, I'll say Green Bay. Second down. Better QB story this year. Flacco or Mayfield? It's tough. They're both really good stories. I'm going to say Mayfield just because he did it for the entire season. He was completely counted out, and he got his team semi-close for a minute to the NFC Championship game, but I'll, I'll take all answers here. Yeah, I think there's no wrong one. They're both great stories. I'm going to go Flacco just on the thought, ah, too. You're of, wrong! <laughs> that 
Uh, he ends up being their fourth quarterback. They started, got him to the postseason. They rested him in game 18, week 18, to protect him. That's how valuable he became. And now their GMs talk about bringing him back. So uh, from a guy that was basically out of this league to make it a difference for the Browns, I think that story is Joe Flacco. Third down. Rank the main football broadcast crews from one to four. Buck and Aikman, Tariko and Collinsworth, <laughs> Nance and Romo, Buckert and Olsen. What? Sorry. I'll explain off the air. Um, I will go, I will go, um, honestly, number one, Buck and Aikman. Uh, number two, uh, Nance and Romo. And then this one's tough. I'm still going to go Tariko Collinsworth, but I hate putting Burkhart and Olsen last. Oh, the only reason I'm doing that is Burkhart is still kind of the junior to them, but he's fantastic. Like, he's going to be around a long time. Greg Olsen just kind of annoys me. He's good, but, God, he gets annoying sometimes. I can't put my finger on it. So does Romo a little bit. I like Greg Olsen, but there's just sometimes he grates on me. Yeah, you know, I might have it in this exact order that Chris read it. So it's Buck and Aikman, Tariko and Collinsworth for me. I'm really debating whether Burkhardt and Olsen are three and Nance. Like Romo, I, I feel, has dropped off he a has, lot. He has. And makes a, he makes a lot of mistakes. Yeah. Which, I, I mean, it's like, hey, people, it's different than, it's more of rules or recognition or stuff that's more common sense, I should say. The further he gets from the game yeah. playing, the worse he gets. For me, it's Nance carries it. I, I yeah. believe you. Hello, friends. Hello, friends. Fourth down. If it was your decision, would you play Debo this week? Yeah, if he can play, you play him. I, I understand. I'm not immune to taking it easy with him, but you don't gamble with the NFC Championship. And you know what? If you play and he gets hurt and he can't play in the Super Bowl, then so be it. But you got to get to the Super Bowl. It's all hands on deck every single game for the rest of the year, which would be too. Yeah, to me, I, I'm agree with you. Unless you get 100% where like, hey, this is way too risky. Okay, now you're, sure. you you can't put the players. You know, career in jeopardy. I don't think anything is like that. But or if, if you're, you're up thirty-five-three at the half or something like that, pull him. Yeah. yeah. But um, yeah, if it's my choice, play him. He kind of got to. It's uh, it's it's uh, all in. I, I guess you would say poker-wise. We'll take a break when we come back. Who's hot Who? and, and who's not? Who? I don't know. We'll also recap the three of the key for the Kings and Hawks and more right here on Zipdown Sports. What's hot? Yeah, hot. Real hot. And what's not? It's not good. Brought to you by American Energy Heating and Air, Sacramento's complete heating and cooling company, and second opinion partner. <laughs> Who's hot? Joel Embiid. Yeah, prove it. He had a franchise record 70 points. He's 24-41 from the field. He was 21 of 23 from the free throw line. Mm. He also had 18 rebounds to go along with five assists. Share the ball. Share the ball the right way. Can we just take a pause for a second? Regard, You know, I've talked a lot about how he's kind of a free throw merchant. Well, don't foul him then. I get it. And, and you know, the Sixers are annoying and blah, blah, blah. Can we just take a moment and get back up to 50,000 feet and appreciate the fact that there was a long time and a long place where we as basketball fans wondered if Joel Embiid would ever actually really play. True. There was a time, like the, the, the first full year he played, when any time Joel Embiid would hit the deck, like everyone would cringe. It was for Sacramento fans. It was a lot like uh, when Harry Giles played, uh, you know, and you worried about his health constantly. And Joel Embiid has gone from, you know, the, his first three years basically 
barely or not playing at all due to injury, of which a lot of people speculated this was Greg Oden part two. Uh, this was uh, uh, Sam Bowie part two, um, though they're different. Um, and now we've got a first ballot Hall of Fame career. He's scoring 70. He's an MVP. He might win another one this year. Uh, I, I think it's kind of sometimes cool to like step back and go, wow, this, this very well couldn't have happened. None of it. Right. And here we are. And he's put together a, you know, knock on wood, very hard, uh, a, a relatively, he didn't play 82 a year, Yeah, but he's, he's put together a nice run of seasons. And I'm, I'm glad for that. There's nothing that sucks more than, uh, you know, talent that, you know, like Greg Oden, like Brandon Roy, right. you know, guys missed like, opportunities, yeah, exactly. missed chances. I hate yeah. that stuff. So 70 good. though, man. Hey, all right, guys, is 70 points Joel Embiid's career high when he retires? Yes. No. Wow. Wow. <sighs> Considering I think it was the eighth time in the history of the league, yeah. 70 or more. He had 17 missed shots. <laughs> and he missed a few free There's a lot to clean up. Yeah. Uh, who's not? Minnesota Timberwolves. <laughs> and it's strange because Carl Anthony Towns, he had a franchise record 62 points, 44 coming in the first half. Yeah. Timberwolves had an 18-point lead on the then nine-win Hornets, but were outscored 36 to 18 in the fourth quarter. Yeah, and their coach was not happy at all about that. Uh, we played some of his comments earlier. Uh, here's here's a little more of that uh, as I unmute the site here, and here's a little more of that. It was an absolute disgusting performance of defense and immature basketball um, all the way through the game. So it really didn't slip away. It had been there from the jump. So this is what happens when you uh, have this type of approach. Mm. That's uh, that's Chris Finch. Yeah. Not happy. By the way. Um, Hornets got the win and traded Terry Rozier. They got the win. They traded Scary Terry. And, you know, in Willody watch, uh, how about this for the Timberwolves? In NBA history, there have been 415 instances where a team had a winning percentage of 225 or lower, was facing an opponent with a 700 or higher winning percentage, and trailed by 15 or more points entering the fourth quarter. It's happened a lot, 415 times. Teams were 0 and 414 in that situation before the Hornets won last night, and somewhere... St. Paul Dave is on the radio oh, right just now. Just melting down. Melting down. We don't deserve the one seed. <laughs> but it's more like, hey, we don't deserve the one seed, you know? You, hey, you know, you know, we don't deserve it. It's cold outside. Let's go eat some lutefisk. He's from Sweden? Yeah, you've yeah, changed They're kind of Swedish up there. Yeah. I know. Don't you know? Oh, I know. You know, it's the worst loss of the year. Why am I? I don't know. It's morphing. English now again? Yeah. My back, my the Peaky Blinders. Hmm. I right. told you the story how I confused Peaky Blinders with Black Mirror. <laughs> no. How? My, my friend asked me, like, oh, have you seen the show Black Mirror? That seems like something you would really like. And I said, yeah. And if you know anything about Black Mirror, this sounds insane. I said, 
I saw people were talking about it. I saw the first episode and it was kind of boring and I really wasn't into it. And that was Peaky Blinders yeah. instead of Black Mirror, which no one should say no one is should boring. Ever, right, <laughs> at all. I watched a couple episodes of Peaky Blinders on uh, on uh, the plane back, and uh, I, I I don't know if I'm going to like it or not, or if I'm going to continue. Like it was it was interesting enough, and then the guy from Jurassic Park plays the the like the cop that goes against them. Uh, the Raptor? The uh, no, the uh, Sam Sam Neil. Oh, Sam Neil. Yeah, he's like, and he's got like this heavy accent too. He's how do it? He's like, hey. oh, you know. <laughs> None of that Peaky Blinders stuff going on around here. It's time to bring down the thunder, right? That's basically <laughs> Sam Neill in here. That's it's basically him. Yeah. Look out! There's a big dinosaur. Let's start running. Why did I turn into Arnold Schwarzenegger now? <laughs> you sound like the fifth member of ABBA. <laughs> they did uh, the song "Dancing Queen." It's fantastic. Don't you know? See, that was me. That was me back in Minnesota. That yeah. was St. Paul Dave talking Saint about Paul ABBA. Yeah. Uh, three in the key right now, please. Let's read it out. Okay, here we go. We predicted yesterday, Kings and Hawks. Uh, here's our first one of three in the key. We asked for points by Red Velvet. Revenge game, Kevin Herter. Davey said 17. I said 16. Chris said 15. All close in number there. Chris for the win because Kevin Herter had eight. Chris is the closest. That's like a quarter point. Um, we asked for the Kings' largest deficit. Dave, you said they would never trail. I said they would trail by nine. Chris said by six. Dave, you're the closest because they trailed by two. Yes! Two you know, nothing and five three. Yeah. Uh, or seven five. Seven five. Because yeah. I actually did go back and look at one point. I was like, did they trail? Oh, they kind of yeah, did. Two, just two times. Yeah. And then your random stat, you said there would be, I put, I think... I put Sabonis chance, but then I put two. So maybe you meant two Sabonis chance. I, I know there was at least one for certain. I don't know if there was two, but I'm going to give you credit for that one. Hold on. Do Sabonis. You know, every time it happens, again, I always take one ear just to listen. And you can kind of, you know, what? And then I looked and made uh, I made magic eyes with a fan to my left, the lady there. And she was going. She was singing Demo- it. Clearly. Yeah. Like, All right. I think honestly, I think once, Dom- once Domas's wife posted about it on Instagram, yeah, it's official. It's, it's, official. Yeah. it's not at Kevin De Bruyne level yet, yeah, but, but that's a long the, way to go. Up to the postseason. Yeah. Right? Hopefully they get there. Exactly. I said uh, two kings will score thirty or more. Well, there was only one. And surprise, surprise! It was Harrison Barnes. Hey. Uh, so I don't know that I get that one. I don't think I do. Uh, Chris said his random stat: the Kings would win by fifteen or more. Well, they won by fifteen. Look at that. Pretty he actually job. gets two points for that. Yes. I mean, you nail it straight on, yeah. you get the points. Thank God for that uh, technical at the end. <laughs> exactly. Uh, real quick, let's go to JR. JR, good morning. Oh, boy. J- he's been holding. Okay. We appreciate the patience. You're on with Jason Ross, Christopher Law, and me. Take off, you hosers. <laughs> hey, somebody put on the text line, they said, that's the worst accent impersonation I've ever heard. I, I don't know what country it's from. It is a mutt, dude. Oh, yeah, I know, it right. Is a, no country for old oh, How you doing? <laughs> oh, you're a governor. Yeah, you're all over the map, but right. you're having a lot of fun today, CMD. You are excited. Hey, I never knew Bobby Jack said, no toilet paper, goodbye socks. Goodbye socks. Classic. Yeah, that's coming up, I that think, is in a April. Me- you know, that is a meme all over the internet. It's like a college <laughs> meme, and it's friggin' hilarious. Now I'm going to. 
do a face in the hole and put Bobby Jack's face in there and send that out. <laughs> it was nice to, nice to scoop the cobwebs off the beam, and let's give it up to Harrison. That was a great first half. That's a British, British crow. British crow. British, British falcon. Because uh, that's the. It thing would be I'm... more civilized. Okay. Oh. This is why I always get confused. Like, and I know we got a break here. A falcon doesn't caw, right? That's a crow, but we just sing caw for the falcon because we don't know what a noise a falcon makes. No, it makes like a. <laughs> so we're kind of adopting the caw of the crow for the falcon, but it's inaccurate. But it just sounds dumb to be like black falcon. <laughs> Is is that what we're doing? This is a dolphin? <laughs> right. <laughs> That's Caw! Has anyone in the history of sports ever been nicknamed the dolphin other than a dolphin, like Miami Dolphin? Has there ever been like Fred the Dolphin oh, Lundgren? Yeah. I bet it was some swimmer. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you're probably you know, yeah. you're absolutely right. Mark the dolphin spits. Big time. That's Flipper. a sentence. <laughs> we'll take a break when we come back niners at nine we've got updates for you and uh, so much more just a two-minute break here don't go away